0: Get ready! You're tuned in to Tea Time Unfiltered with your girl, Lovely Tea, Bringing you the hottest trending topics on social media. Stay connected. Instagram.com slash Tea 2002 Hey you guys, welcome to another episode of Tea Time Unfiltered with your girl, Lovely Tea. Hey Tea Sippers. So it's good to be back. I know I haven't made a solo. Well, not a solo. Let me see. I have somebody with me, but I haven't done just a regular podcast in um in about a week or so. So it feels really good to be back. And I have Miss Jeanne with me here. So she is in the building and we're going to be talking about just a wide range of stuff that's going on on social media in the world today. So go ahead and reintroduce yourself to the audience. Uh, Jeanne.
1: Hello, tea sippers, and everyone out there. Thanks for having me back. Um, we always do have great discussions. So I'm definitely looking forward to the topics on the table today.
0: No, definitely. It's been so much going on, you know, um, just all around the world in general, but, you know, specifically in Nigeria with the whole SARS movement, um, the police, the corruption. I don't know if you saw the videos Mm. that I posted today on Instagram um, where they found just mountains of food.
1: I don't know if you got a chance to see. I did see that. Yeah, I'm just waking up over here on my side of the world. And, you know, every time I wake up in the morning, because it's evening on you guys' side, I'm like, I'm scared to even open my phone and my computer to see what has happened. and just to come in and wake up and see there was just these treasure troves of food. Um, I think it was in the Oba of Lagos's palace or stock area or something like that. Mm -hmm. I was like, what? Like, these people are suffering. And I know this firsthand because I know people who are from Lagos and from our surrounding areas. I just had a friend who left um, an eastern state um, who were faring a little bit better, but just made it back to the States. And these people are suffering and you hold food back like that. Like, I, I don't, I don't understand. I said, this is, I don't understand. I really yeah, don't. Even
0: the woman who found all that money and it's like, bless her heart oh, for blasting that to the world. You know, hopefully she stays safe, but she found, where did she find that? Where the, was that at? I think part of that was from that. When they went into those warehouses to go get food, some of the bags contain no. money. Yeah. That they're just hoarding money, mm. you know, and they're, because there's really, they don't trust the banks. You, you, <laughs> Nine Job Bank, I you know, go deposit some money, yeah. you better hope and get your money back. So a lot of times they just hoard this. That's why I was saying that at this point, I really feel like this is not even so much, you know, a physical war that's brewing, you know, mm. like a physical civil war. I feel like mm. this is, Even on a spiritual level, what's being done right now to people is very demonic. I mean, just think about it. Right. So let's just let's let's take it to the simplest level. Okay. you and your husband, you guys lose your job. Y'all have two kids, no income coming in. And right now there's literally no food in your household. Right. You have no food in the pantry. You're stressed. You're telling me this every day. I'm listening to you stress about, you know, you guys are down in your last can of beans, last bag of rice. And meantime, in my household, I have a whole pantry full of stuff, food, everything. Mm -hmm. And I just sit there and just watch you guys suffer and figure out how you guys are going to be able to try and get food. So at its basic level, that's wrong. Like that's effed up. Because as a human being, if you're talking to somebody and you're and they're telling you their problem, what you're going through, that human empathy kicks in like, oh, my God, girl, if you're going through that, come to my house. I can go shop in my pantry or here. Let me go ahead and send you some money or let me bring you some groceries. That's just when that humanity chip kicks in. So, you know, to Mm -hmm. see somebody do this on a grand scale to me, it's not even negligence or incompetence anymore. It's demonic. When the UN,
1: it's, it's, it, it's evil. Yeah.
0: yeah, when the UN, because what people don't understand, you know, like in countries like Nigeria and in other countries, yes, they do have grocery stores, but most people still shop in the village. Everything is an open mm-hmm. market. So when COVID hit, it really hit those type of countries hard. Like mm-hmm. here, when we shut down, we were still allowed to go to Walmart and, you know, whatever grocery st- store to go get our groceries, right? But in places right. like that, when they shut down, they shut down the markets. They, people could not leave their homes. They shut everything down. So what the U.N. and other um, people did is basically say, OK, so these people who live in this, com- uh, in this country, in this type of environment, will set aside food, will give their governments food for the people so they don't have to worry about going to the market and, and killing goats and you know right. doing all that stuff. So that's what that was for. And all of this stuff was sent to Nigeria back in April when they shut down literally Gee the girl. world. So what's crazy is that some of the food is spoiled. So yeah, even I though somebody yeah. said
1: mm-hmm. something about the date. And yep. there is a there is a timeline and just think of the environment. Um, and what little uh, pests can mm-hmm. seep into the food and not not make it um, edible? I mean, just the, just just that. But then the fact that you would—I I don't understand. And and I've talked to some of my Nigerian friends, um, and and have talked to them and asked them questions. Um, some of them dismiss this as like, oh, it's a, it's another situation. Or some say, oh, go back home. You guys are sitting in the armchair in the Americas or in Western Europe or somewhere, why don't you go back home and do something? And that's kind of hard to say. But I just don't understand what could compel somebody to be so distant emotionally to be so wicked to see back, sit back and watch people suffer. And I guess it's because of the environment of everybody dog eats dog or um, not literally, but you know, it's about me and mine and I'm going to mm-hmm. take from everybody else. And that's because when you're in a society that systemically has poverty and this goes back and we always have to look at history. And I, I don't think that people, um, when they sit back and criticize situations that are going on, they don't look at and don't even understand the historical ramifications of what brings things to the forefront today. And I don't understand how people could consciously talking about, I'm Nigerian, be proud, be this. But then they sit there, they're hoard food. They send their kids out the country on billions of dollars to the best schools mm-hmm. and they leave their countrymen there to rot and to die. And Nigeria is just one example. But this is, this is the state of the world that we're in. Yeah. Well, I mean, like I had to go online cause I was curious and I went to this um, Carnegie, Carnegie Endowment for International Peace. I think I'm saying it right. And on the website, it said as of October there were 100 significant anti-government protests worldwide. And there were over 30 governments who had fallen as a result. This is not a coincidence. Mm -hmm. And then they show a map. And you look at the map and it's just all greened out. And if you look at it, it's a significant, if we have 192 countries, 192 established UN-recognized nations. And you're saying that there's over 100 significant protests, that's more than half the world's countries dealing with some type of armed rebellion against this government. Mm -hmm. I I mean, let's sit there and think about that for a second. And I think COVID has really made people just say, we're tired. They've had time to sit back, watch. They don't see their lots improving. Their families are hungry. Their kids can't go to school. The businesses are closing and people are like, enough is enough. Yeah. I don't blame them. I don't blame
0: them. And that's the thing. I know me and another um, Nigerian influencer, we were talking yesterday in the DMs and what people don't realize, especially the older generation, right? So like our moms, our grandmothers and stuff like that, Mm. this is, they dropped the ball. Let's just call it what it is. The older generation dropped the ball. So bad that they didn't even bother to teach many of the kids Yoruba. You go there, most kids only speak English, even in Nigeria. So they dropped the ball so bad trying to assimilate. And of course, everything goes back to colonialism. So they knew what they were mm-hmm. doing when they when they kept the North, you know, in power because they could use them as puppets because they weren't as educated as the Nigerians in the South, like the Ebos and especially mm-hmm. the Yorubas. So a lot of stuff goes back to colonialism, but... The the elders they dropped the ball, but like me and the other lady, we're talking about in the DMs, and we're saying that this is a different energy. Okay, the youth they're not backing down. I agree. They're not backing Mm -hmm. down, and they're willing to die. And people are shocked because this is very different from even here in America. We had a lot of social unrest, but let's keep it real. The average person wasn't willing to die. I know I wouldn't.
1: I'll go to the. I mean, let's keep keep it real. I mean,
0: when they were shooting them rubber bullets, I was gone. So you know, so Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna act like, oh no, but 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 then again, I have things to live for, right? When you're in a situation like that, that is the difference. These young people growing up in Nigeria, there's literally nothing for them to look forward to, and that's what people are not understanding. They're not out there trying to be defiant, trying to be disrespectful. Or trying to, you know, cause chaos. There's literally nothing for them to do. We train. Yeah, we tell kids go to school, get your education, get your degree. Nigerians are some of the most highly educated people in the world,
1: right? They are. They are some of. They are. Yeah. Let's just call it fact. All the Nigerians that I've ever known in the United States have always either been. They're all doctors, right? right? All of them. A lot all of, them. of them in the and medical field. if they're field. not doctors, they'll give you a look. Yeah, or they'll look, oh, you're a lawyer. Okay, okay, you're a lawyer. But all of them are like doctors. Right. Let's just let's give credit what credit's due because they have to work so hard to achieve a state of affluency because of the color they pass for. They can't get entry into some places unless they, they're coming with the money and coming with the prestige and the experience mm-hmm. and, and the know-how to make it. But then, when they're leaving their people back home, and like you said, they ain't got nothing. These kids, I think in one of your videos, or mm-hmm. maybe somebody else, these kids ain't never had a job. No, like how? I mean, and these are kids are like in their twenties. Like yeah. I don't. And it's not
0: because they job don't want to work. work. There's no job, and and that's the thing, right? And that's the thing that frustrates frustrates me when I see like Nigerians, not just abroad, but even there, and they're trying to act woefully ignorant. Like I can't believe this is going on. Mm -hmm. They need to go back home. They're causing too much drama. It's like where have y'all been for the past fifty years? Like, like are are you right? Are you not seeing the same thing I'm seeing? These kids are tired. This is a new generation. They're not backing down mm-hmm. and they're willing to to have a civil war in that country. And my thing is, how can you ignore a systematic issue for so long and then be shocked once it reaches a boiling point? When you have babies exactly. on the road, literally kids who should be in primary school, right? Five, six, mm-hmm. seven year olds. And they're on the side of the road selling rice, selling Gary, selling fruit when they should be in school is that not when the 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 bells in your head should ring like damn this is a messed up this is messed up that there's a 6 year old out here selling Gary as opposed to being in school so again so it's it's so, so systematic. systematic and so it's just like it, it's funny to see some of the comments on social media from people like so shocked that this is happening oh this was getting ready to happen regardless but 2020 it's this it's this 2020 energy that ushered it in. But this has been something that's been going on. This has been a powder keg for years. The police brutality, lack of work, lack of food, the government corruption, right. the, the oil spills all through the Niger Delta, where well, they're how? not even able to but feed
1: themselves because the water is so polluted. That too. Mm-hmm. I mean, but you know, you said something really poignant, two things complacency mm. and you're talking about the elders and you know love my mom to death. My mother came up during the time of the black pants she went to school in Oakland you know and um, I wondered as we grew up you know she was very militant but she tried to suppress it and I knew you could see it. She mm-hmm. grew up teaching us my, my elders grew up teaching us but some of them suppressed it and I've always wondered what did you see? What did you experience that made you fall into this this state of complacency? Have you given up, or have you just said, "I got to raise my family. I want to protect my kids"? It could be a combination of so many things. Yeah, you know that's one. And then two, the second point you made that was in, of interest to me was the fact that you mentioned that uh, people are so shocked that this is all happening. That is scary to me because maybe I'm just more tapped in, it's obvious. Like, Mm -hmm. are you guys, sorry, no shade to anybody listening, but are you guys so intrinsically attached to what's going on between your favorite pop stars or music stars or movie stars or what drama's going on that you're so sleep, that you're not cognizant on what's going on with the rest of the world? and how what's going on over here has a direct effect to you. And I don't think people really appreciate it. So is that ignorance or complacency? Mm. Maybe it's a little bit of both. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, I I just, I'm looking, I'm not trying to be judgmental. Uh, Maybe because I'm I'm a humanist. I study, I read. I unfortunately can't have these in-depth conversations, but with a few people, you being one of them, because... When you go there, people are like, uh, um, uh, "You you you thinking too much." Or um, let's talk about who's what. I'm like, okay, let's have this 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 fake conversation and sip this coffee and let me look at my watch because I gotta go. Right. You know, that's kind of where I'm at now. Yeah. Like, how do people not know this wasn't happening in Nigeria and any place else? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a
0: it's a lot of. I think it's a little bit of both. You know where you know. Some of the older people, they kind of want to bury their head in the sand because they were around, you know, during the Biafra War and all this stuff that went on. And I know even when I spoke to my dad today, he said he can't even look at any of the videos because it gives him flashbacks mm-hmm. to back then. And he doesn't want to work. him You know, he's older now, so it's like he doesn't want to work himself up and get really mad. But he said it just it brings him flashbacks and the fact like, you know, yeah, you know, like even talking to my mom, it's like she's just so sad and crying. And it's just like that is not the country that she grew up in. It's like, you know, for somewhere that you grew up in <laughs> to say that it was better when you were younger than when you're an adult, when you're supposed to progress. I mean, they the, this year was the 60th year. Of um, them Mm -hmm. being free from colonial rule. But what have they accomplished? October 1st. Yeah. Yeah, October 1st. If I
1: got my date correct. Yep,
0: October 1st was the 60th year. And not much has changed, it's gotten worse. It's gotten a lot worse. And that's the part that is just so scary. And right now the youth are rebelling and they have every right to. They're tired of being senselessly killed by the police, senselessly harassed because they have iPhones, because they're wearing dreadlocks, because they're just trying to they're trying to find a little bit of joy in such a horrible situation. But even that little bit of joy that they're able to find. Then you have people who are looking at them and saying, oh, because you're dressed nice or because you have dreadlocks, because you have tattoos, because, you know, you have more of a Western swag. That means you're a Yahoo boy. That means you're a scammer. So now just based on your physical appearance, no proof, no evidence, I'm going to pull you over and harass you and then demand to extort 10 to 20 bucks from you. That next level profiling. Yeah. Next level profiling. You know, know? and that 10 to 20 bucks, that might be all that person has for the entire month. And now you're telling me I have to give it to you? Absolutely not. And then if I fight and say, no, I'm not giving you my last money that I'm going to use to buy food, you literally can kill me. And it's like, who do I go to? And that was one of the conversations I had with... um, one of my friends in Nigeria, you know, I was checking on him, making sure he was OK. And he was just saying, like, right now we're just staying in the house. Like, we're just kind of scared to even mm-hmm. leave, he said, because it was starting to get crazier in Lagos. And then he was saying that, you know, he, he was like, just pray for me, Titi, because we're on our own. And it, and it gave me PTSD to like when I was calling, when I was DMing you and I'm crying like, I don't know what's going to happen, you know, because it was just so crazy here in the Twin Cities because it was just like it was we were on our own. It's like, don't even bother calling the police like they're just out here wilding. And that's and I I empathize with him so much. But with them, it's even worse because at least here. Yeah, the police are are mad about the defunding. And instead of them being here in 10 minutes, they'll be here in 30 minutes. But what do you do when it's your entire police
1: (laughs) that's corrupt? So there's no one to
0: call. It's the whole
2: structure. It's the whole structure. structure.
1: There's nothing nothing there. And, you know, and and talking to, you know, my friends and my partner, who's Yoruba, he would always make this joke to me like, oh, you know, you Americans have this safety net. And in my mind, I'm like, what? And then I had to sit back and really think. I'm like, yeah, he is right. (laughs) You know, I do have a safety net. Mm-hmm. you know, African against African American when we all look the same. We are only separated by time and space. And that has to end. I think that we're we're at a new place and we need to come together and understand that our plights are the same and that we there's more strength in numbers. For people who sit back and, and, and play that divisive game and I did see you talk about the whole Amanda Seals thing, um, and I was shaking my head. Like, absolutely, I was agreeing. And I was listening to some of the people in your comments, and I'm like, exactly. But the funny thing that most people don't realize and understand is that some of the most prolific um, and staunch um, African Americans and people of color who have fought against racism and against the civil rights, especially in the Americas, have been people from the Caribbean. Mm, Y'all need to do your homework. It. Go ahead and go to this website called CARICOM. Um, it's for reparations commissions in the Caribbean. They're the ones who push the the, the the line forward at the U.N. to begin the conversation on reparations. And that if we, which made the U.N. come out and make some nods and agreements. They ain't fully agreed, but they acknowledge, which then allows states in the United States to today say, yeah, we need to give y'all some type of reparations, but we're not going to give you this, this, and this, but we'll do this. So. Instead of people sitting here talking about, oh, you're not from Africa, you're not from America, you're not this, you're not that. Uh, Black Panther movement, a lot of those brothers was from the islands. Mm-hmm. Minister Louis Farrakhan, his mama was from the islands. Mm-hmm. Marcus Stiles, mm-hmm. a lot of your social Carmichael, if I'm wrong, somebody can correct me, their people are from the islands. I see them, when I do the math and look at them, I'm like, why are these people from the islands? Is it African-Americans have become more complacent? And the people in the islands a little bit more tougher. You know, like, y'all, we got to stop this. Yeah. We're all in the same game. We are. <laughs> and know? I, I like,
0: remember uh <laughs> crazy Umar Johnson, you know, like I said, I can't, right. I can't always <laughs> take him seriously, but every now and then he does hit on some good points. But I remember like a long time ago, he had did a speech that I watched and he was talking about how, because the Africans from West Africa were dropped off in the Caribbeans first. They had more fight in them. That's why there were so many revolutions in the Caribbeans. So many, you know, um, fights on the ships and, and, you know, ship takeovers and stuff like that in the Caribbeans. And so by the time they got to America, because some of those um, slaves that they took to the Caribbeans, they kind of stopped off there for like, maybe like a year or two, and then took them to America, like almost like to break them in because even in some of the old, like, uh, slavery books and things like that, they talk about how the punishment in the Caribbeans was a lot harsher than even in yeah. the South. But that was to break them because they were fighters. You know, they were fighting constantly to to, you know, run away and be free. You know, so I think that's a testament to probably why a lot of the revolutionaries here in America, you know, had Caribbean ancestry in them. You know, there's something about that that it DNA. Yeah. So I mean, at the end of the mm-hmm. day, you know, um, we all have to come together because Black people globally are suffering. You know, this is a global issue from America. You know, to police brutality and and you know, financial crises and things that are going on that are affecting the Black community here in the states. But then also to you know even worse to what's going on in Africa, even to bring in the Congo. Like right now, a lot of people are not even realizing that there's like a genocide going on right now in the Congo, certain places in Cameroon, you know, um, it's crazy. And, and we take it for granted. Like I always tell you guys, like as corny as it is, we are one big circle of life and whatever we do to one, it affects us all. So right now you have kids who are being forced to mine Coltan. Right. Which is a, a mineral that they use in cell phones for the new Apple iPhone 12. And so mm. what a lot of these countries are doing, they're literally pillaging the Congo right now, pillaging for that Coltan. Right. So that, always, we, right, as so that we can have the latest iPhones, the latest Samsungs and this and that. And, you know, and at this point, the people are trying to fight back. Like, no, we're tired of having to dig in these mines for damn near a dollar a day. And we're down there for twelve hours, our kids are dying, they're breathing in these chemicals from from all this stuff that they're having to mine. So the people are trying to fight back and say, No, we don't want to do this anymore. And they are being slaughtered. They are being slaughtered. Yeah, and,
1: this is, and this is the thing. History continues to repeat itself. Mm-hmm. Number one. And number two, like I was when I was mentioning earlier on about how there are a hundred different countries that have had some type of unrest. I mean I, I'm, I'm a humanist, and I get along with all people. I have relatives from from almost every continent on this planet, and that's something that I will never disassociate myself from. But I look like this. You know, I'm I'm brown, and so I have a tendency to be more concerned with the plight of the people who look like me when I think about the Palestinians, who also were protesting the police brutality and things that are going on in America. You know, Mm -hmm. I think about people like that who don't have the voices, which is much like us. The only reason we African-Americans have a voice in America is because we are Americans. And there are other people who don't have a voice. There are people, like you say, in the Congo, mining rare earth minerals, for things that we take for granted. And I again say, I think that 2020, like you, you say, this twin energy is something about this new decade in this new millennium that is like, what do you call it, the, this the year of revelation or something to that effect or revealing. It's really making us look at things a little bit differently, which is what we need to do. Yeah. Because at this point, I, I truly feel that we are pushing ourselves to a larger conflict. And I, I, again, I'm an optimist, but I'm looking at the way things are going. And if anybody's a lover of history, we're repeating some of the same mistakes that we made in history's past. We're going to have the same. We're getting to that point. You can't just keep doing this to people and thinking that they're going to take it lying down. Right. That's where we're at right now. And I don't know what that looks like. I'm not going to sit here and profess that, but I see it coming and I don't know if other people realize it. But you kind of have to go through the bad to get to the good. Mm -hmm. The Italians calling it, you know, getting all out the bad blood. Sometimes that's what you got to do.
0: Yeah. And it's sad. And when when you talk about history repeating itself, um, one of the things that's going on that a lot of people have to realize is these puppet masters. You know, you have puppet masters that are funding and financing these wars and these situations. Even right now in the Congo, um, it's being discovered that many countries like the U.S., the U.K., and France are providing financial and military aid to other African nations like Uganda and Rwanda. Russia
1: too. They're, Russia too. Yep, and China Russia too. Mm-hmm. And they're mm-hmm. they're they're
0: they're financing other Africans from Uganda and Rwanda to invade that region that's filled with the coltan, yep. you know, and to enslave these people and make them mine and not to shame anybody from Rwanda or disrespect anybody, but did y'all not go through a genocide? Come on now. When I was a kid, the, the Hutus history. and the Tutsis. So again, we're talking <laughs> about history, right? So the fact right. that you guys went through a genocide where you guys were killing each other, for nothing more than what you know the Europeans said that because your nose is broader and you're a little bit darker you're hutu and because you're lighter and you got a more you know your centric look you're um what was it hutu and what's the other i just forgot the other ethnic it's group tootsie. and tutsi yeah, excuse me <laughs> right so it's just like you know and they went to war for years killing each other Based off of this, just, I mean, it was insane. And I remember they had to do a reconciliation because nobody went to jail, of course. So they had to basically, no. you know, neighbor against neighbor, turned against each other. And even if that neighbor killed your child or your husband, they just apologize under some huge tree. I don't know, some shit I watched years ago. I was like, couldn't have been me. Yeah, but
2: you know what? you're like- <laughs> You
0: ha-
1: yeah like like really but in in some way you like you got to because it will yeah. be a perpetual state of war. yeah but yeah and, and i get it like really right i yeah. get it so
0: to see that <laughs> they're involved you know that they're able to that they're willing to take money from these countries to go and invade you know the congo and you know use their military forces to basically be puppets for these european nations is just really sad you know and like you like we were saying yeah history repeats itself and even um back to nigeria when they left the north you know in charge they did that to their benefit you know and it's just mm-hmm. like you you guys took these three major ethnic groups and just created a country. You know, these were people who are minding their own business, celebrating their own culture, their own language, their own food. You know, they may have had some similar things in common, but they were different groups of people and you literally made them into one country and they just have not been able to mesh since then. You know? So I think I
1: bet I've always heard that story. Like, yeah, yeah. like I'm like, When I sat back and thought about it and did my homework and I saw a few documentaries on the subject, Mm -hmm. I was like, how is that even possible, a way that they organize these international lines? I've Mm -hmm. even had people from the east of Africa who were like, oh, the people in Cameroon, they, they us just on the other side of, I think, Calabar, I think, mm-hmm. I think that's the area. Yeah, at one, that, point, they, we were, at one point,
0: we were with Cameroon. We were all one big country. Right. And then they fought to yeah. get away from us, you know? so And that that was the whole point of the um, Biafra War, was the people in the South, mm-hmm. the Igbo tribe, they were the main ones who wanted to be free. They did not want to be controlled by the North. You know, the northern part of Nigeria is mainly the Muslims. And so they're always... At war with the more like Christian part, which is the southern part, you know, and they're the right. ones who are held in power and it wasn't because they agreed with their religion. it was a benefit to the British because again, those people in the north, they were more into Islamic rule, Sharia law. they weren't really into education like that. They were more about following mm-hmm. the Quran that that's like their whole thing in the north, right? Whereas in the South, mm. with the Ebos and Yerba, they were very literate people. They knew their home, their tribal language, and English. They went to school. Education is a big thing in that culture. So we can't have the people right. who are willing to be educated and who, who want more. We can't have them running this country because then we can't be puppet masters. So that there is why they gave all the power. The exactly. But unfortunately, these people now who are in power... The people in the North and, and you know, the the government, the president and all that stuff, all those people in power, they forget you're still a puppet to this day.
1: Till this day. You're still and that's puppet. that's why they're in the same state that
3: they're in. That's exactly. the thing.
1: The puppet masters, you take what you can, you leave nothing for nobody else, and then you create this vacuum of perpetual systemic poverty. Mm-hmm. Poverty unlike you've ever seen and and like i have mentioned to you before i've been blessed enough to travel and do ethnography and in a few countries and one thing that i noticed about poverty it's the same almost everywhere and then when i look at the people who are impoverished they look like me mm. they got a brown hue they're dark in complexion and so i have a tendency to tilt my heart in the direction of people who are more oppressed. Again, I'm a humanist. I get along with anybody. But when I see the majority of the world population, who are the majority? We are not the minority. I don't like that, 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 um, that name. Oh, minority. I'm not a minority. We are the majority. It's more of us. Yeah, there's them. more people of color. It's more of us. Right. It's more of us people of color. And unfortunately, because of colonialism and imperialism, we are poor. The richest nations in the world are the poorest nations in the world. Mm-hmm. Catch that. It's
2: the And truth. we're sitting
1: here letting other countries come in here, like China, for example, to come in and redo the same thing that yep. the Europeans did. Yep. But it's with just a new face. Twist. Yep. It's just a new face. Can y'all get it together? Please they are the together. new
0: colonizers of Africa. And I don't care. You can go from West Africa to East Africa. I was shocked when I found out this summer that they were literally running Ethiopia right now. They're doing so much oh, stuff yeah. in Ethiopia, destroying their 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 water supply with chemicals. People are getting sick. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's insane. They have their foothold everywhere. Caribbeans too. They have their foothold all yes. over with their money. And that, of money, it's crazy. Like we will sell out. To, like, the highest bidder. There's no reason that Nigeria is not on the same level as Dubai. As oil rich as that nation is, Ah, Dubai was nothing but sand 20, 30 years ago. There was nothing there like that. You never even heard the name Dubai until, like, really in the past 10 years or so. You know, so if a nation that wasn't really there was able to build themselves up, there's no reason that Nigeria is not on that same level. It's all corruption. You know, again, when you have certain people in power and they don't want to share the wealth, there's no need to organize. As long as my kids are in (laughs) school abroad, my family, my constituents are rich and good and we have food. We don't want to organize. (laughs) Why would we want want you guys to be on the same level as us? It's a sick mentality. It's a very sick mentality. You know
1: what? Everybody's selling out. You know, this corona has been hitting everybody everybody's selling out. You got folks on OnlyFans mm-hmm. busting out or busting wide doing stuff that maybe <laughs> they wouldn't have done. But for clicks, likes, views, and coins. Right. We, we are in a really bad situation. And when you talked about the people in Nigeria and seeing those videos today, all the people going in that that, that palace or that, that warehouse and getting all that food mm. that was outdated. They're still going to eat. And you're talking about those um, those open markets to get fruits and vegetables. That's just on the ground where there's not a, a strong infrastructure. Mm-hmm. I was talking to a friend of mine on Instagram who lives in London and he was walking down High Street today or yesterday and he said that he saw all of these buildings closed, these small shops, these independent shops closing down and bigger companies coming in and snapping it up. Mm-hmm. You know, and where I am in Asia, walking down the street, seeing these places close up. So if it's happening in, in you know, normalized, uh, modernized infrastructure nations with a, a stable market system, imagine how that's affecting the people who don't have it. Right. And, and and that's why I said earlier, we're coming into some really strange times because, they just came out with something, I think, in the BBC, uh, the World Bank, I think it was, said that the U.K. was the only industrialized nation who was sufficiently supporting its poor. U.K. Mm-hmm. People can't pay rent. People can't get food. They can't put their kids in school. That is the type of situation... That creates conflict, and I think we're going to see more of it. So people selling out all over the place. I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. I'm mm-hmm. an optimist, but I also, I'm not stupid either. I'm reading the TVs. I'm looking at the signs. Pay attention, people, and stop worrying about what folks doing on OnlyFans and these other people who got money who can take care of themselves and worry about you and yours. Yeah, Yeah, exactly with the whole,
0: yeah, that's what surprised me with all of this celebrity shit with Beyonce and, you know, you had people begging Diddy and, you know, it it was just like, it was ridiculous after a while. Like, you know, I understood when, when everything first initially happened with the shooting, trying to get attention, but once the shade Mm -hmm. room ran it and other people were running it and then it was trending, then at that point, stop adding these celebrities there's there's nothing they can do especially when there's people right. on the ground like um miss aisha uh Yesufu. she is mm-hmm. one of the women in nigeria and she's a muslim woman and i respect her so much because she speaks she, yeah she just she she speaks truth to power it's like y'all need to be worried about people like that You know, and and DJ Switch and um, Davido and other people who are really putting themselves out there and at risk. You know, even Burner Boy was out there in in London, um, you know, doing a rally yesterday, speaking. You know, those are the people who have more ties to Nigeria than a Beyonce or Diddy. You know, it's like you have to move smart. We're so obsessed with not just American celebrities, but just celebrities in general, you know. It's like you need to focus on the people that can really help usher in a change. You should have been at in the UN over and over again, you know. And, and the now. Major, you know, <laughs> the, the major news <laughs> right. networks, y- y'all don't got Beyonce out of bed from breastfeeding her damn twins. I know they're damn three years old, but she might still be damn breastfeeding them. Who
1: knows? Hey, so you y- never
0: know. Y'all don't woke her up and her kids <laughs> up to type that damn statement. And it's like, but and the very, very good ne- point. yeah, true. yeah. And it's like the very next day, there was still a shooting. So, you know, several shootings. I shouldn't say a shooting; several shootings. So, I want to go ahead and play um, something. One thing that Aisha said that I just loved, and she did this interview about a week ago. I had posted on Instagram as well when they were first starting the the anti, you know, the N sars and she's basically calling out the president. And you can see where this oh. the the interviewer is like, "Well, aren't you scared to die?" and and she's like, you know, we're already dead here in Nigeria. Like, yeah, we're in our mm. physical bodies, but it's like we're not alive. This is not what it is to be alive and to be enjoying life. So what what do we have to lose? So I'm going to go ahead and play that really quick. It's very powerful. I love
2: how she speaks. So y'all go ahead and listen to this. So the President and the ruling party and that one has to stop. If Muhammad Buhari thinks that by taking us away one after the other is going to shut down our voices, I'm going to tell him no. It's not going to happen that way. He should remember that when people, when Nigerians were fighting for this democracy, and some of them paid the ultimate price, they died for him, he was nowhere to be found. He was hiding wherever he was, whether in Daura or Kaduna or wherever he was. We never heard the voice of Mohammed Buhari when Nigerians went through what they went through. And so that democracy today that he's enjoying, he should remember that we'll continue to fight for it. We we'll continue to speak. If he wants to pick all of us up, he should build enough prison to accommodate all of us. You are saying this because you are on national television. I want to believe that's what is happening. You can talk and nobody will stop you. But going to the streets, do you think do you have that nerves to do that now? Why would I not be on the street Let me tell you something, Idioma. In Nigeria, none of us is alive. From Muhammad Buhari to whoever of us, we are not alive. So we are, In this, well, we you are, we are merely surviving. You are breathing. We are merely—is that life? Is that life? You we'll go home. What's now, your definition on. of life? Well, definition of life is having a nation where the child of nobody can become somebody without knowing anybody. And I tell you, we don't have that country. And Mohammed Buhari would dare not intimidate us in our own country because no Nigerian is more Nigerian than any Nigerian. The only reason why I was not on the protest that happened last week because I was on my oils on admission. I had a, an operation, a major operation. You have to know, you had to, uh, they had to be brought in here today to do this. And yes. I will walk on that street. There is only one life. Look, may I tell you something? You understand? me We drop this English now. Nigeria, baby, now be die now die. Only one die now we get. And why that die happen? So that die could be. You understand? If we all have to die for Nigeria to be a better nation, so be it.
1: Mm. That was powerful. That made, that gave me chills. Mm. I'm sitting over here with chills. Yep. I didn't even hear that. That is mm-hmm. just, and I'm, I'm sitting here listening to her talk and I'm seeing her in her job and, mm-hmm. and with her fist in the air and I'm just like, I don't know if I want to tear up or what. I mean, yeah. it's always black women. Yep. It's always us. Yep. It's always lines. Up. but that just that, that just ah, uh, big up for that sister. Yeah. Aisha Sister No no disrespect. That just is so powerful. And she spoke so much truth. Just mm-hmm. very moving. It's true. Very
0: moving. It's like, you know, they wanna they wanna there's nothing else to live for. So when you have nothing mm. to physically live for anymore, you're willing to die for a cause. And that's where everybody's head is at right now because of all the suffering. It's so funny that these same police officers and people in power want to keep, you know, um, giving the youth, especially the young boys, the title of being Yahoo boys, you know, scammers, Yahoo boys, right? Mm-hmm.
3: But who are the Good real scammers?
2: These other names. Right, like, when you think about right. who are
0: the real scammers? Y'all literally just got caught with thousands of dollars wrapped up in bags that people thought were food. You guys also got caught hoarding food and hiding it. You guys are the Yahoo boys, not these kids in Nigeria that are sitting there trying to protest, you know, for a better life and a better tomorrow.
1: Come on now. Yeah. And that and that's the funny thing with these, these leaders. And I'm not saying that we don't have good government leaders around the world because we do. You see the example. They don't always get the respect that's due to them. But unfortunately, we see the ones who don't. And usually the ones who don't. That sit back and throw, you know, rocks and hide their hand are the biggest scammers. Mm-hmm. You know, we got one in the in the office of the U.S. president right now, mm. sitting back talking about telling Joe Biden in these these debates. What about your money, your son' money getting buried in Ukraine and China? Wait, hold on. Wait a minute. What about your daughter's trademarks in China? What about the seventeen point one million dollars that was deposited into your secret Chinese bank account, sir? But you, and then the no tax that you ain't never paid in the United States, but you paying taxes to countries like um, uh, Turkey and India and the Philippines and China, the most authoritarian regimes on the planet, because you want to be like them. You'll pay taxes to them, mm. but you won't pay taxes in your own country. It, it, the hypocrisy of it all. Yeah, and a lot Buhari, of I. What did he say? He said nothing. Nothing. You know, he said nothing. Wasted 26 what?
0: minutes of my life. Said nothing. Girl basically, I ain't never getting that. Yeah, basically shamed and was like, oh, y'all need to, you know, calm down and meet with the, you know, with the government officials. Basically sat there and read from a piece of paper. Just showed no, no told- interest, no sympathy, no. no sorry. Because, again, had he acknowledged it? Then it'd be like he's taking ownership. They're not ready for that shit.
1: Oh, no. Because when you do that and then to tell the world, uh, you know, body, don't rush to judgment. Sir, the judgment has been rushed. Right. The, well, the thing is, you guys are having rushed rush to take care of your people. Then I read something today. I'm not sure if this is true. But in um, Igbo River State, and I may be saying it wrong, it's O-Y-I-G-B-O. Mm-hmm. Um, they have been burning down the, uh, law enforcement, like the police stations and whatever. And apparently there's a beheading. This is descending into a place that, mm-hmm. you know, some Nigerians are like, oh, this is going to be in two weeks. Ain't nobody going to think about it. I think this is a new day. Yeah. I don't think this I they got to do something. And for him to come up there and don't even acknowledge the death. Nope. but then tell people to just dust it off. Come on now. Yeah. Like, sir, your days are numbered.
0: I mean the fact You're that he was something- trying to tell the international community who literally expressed concern and, you know, hashtagging and you have even Hillary Clinton, all the dirt she's done, yeah. did. You even have her speaking out and calling them out. Okay, we're not saying she's a hero, but at least she's even calling out the bullshit. Like, okay, now this is a bit much. Y'all are literally killing citizens in broad daylight. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. but he's telling the international community, hold judgment. Y'all don't know the whole story. I don't need to know. I don't need a backstory for when I'm seeing video of protesters literally singing that song, um, that song from Fast and the Furious. It's been a long mm. time since I seen you, my mm-hmm. friend. That's what they were singing. They were singing that song. Oh, I didn't hear that. Yeah. I didn't know where that
1: was from. Yeah, I had, okay. I had posted the
0: video. They were literally singing that song and then also singing Yoruba songs, waving the flag, peaceful. All of a sudden. Beautiful energy. Right. Yeah. Lights out. Lights out. Okay? So now everybody's looking around like, what the hell is going on? You know, all the lights, street lights, everything just cut out. And I so of course that. not everybody's turning on their flashlights for their on their cell phones, trying to see what's up. Then all of a sudden as the lights are out, here comes the army, the Nigerian army, which huh. they try to lie and say that it wasn't the Nigerian army, but everybody brought receipts and it was. Here comes the Nigerian army. So now people are scared, but they were told because the one man um that was interviewed, I had played his interview on my Instagram He said that they were told by the leaders that if you see military or police to let them know that you're a peaceful protester, sit on the ground and wave your flag. If you remember, there was one video, I don't know if you saw it, that day, um, earlier that day, this was in the daylight, when the Mm. military came initially. The lady was on the microphone and she was like, sit down, sit down, don't leave. Sit down. We're peaceful protesters. That's And that was during the day. Mm-hmm. She said, sit down, wave your flag, let them know. So I believe this was right. all a setup, not saying her, but just in general. I oh, believe that's yeah, what they yeah they, they, they told those people that. So during the day when they first saw the military, she was on her microphone screaming, sit down. Everybody was sitting down, waving their flag. Okay, cool. So they were still out there. So now curfew hits. They're all supposed to be gone. Nobody's paying attention Set to curfew, up. of course, because they're protesting. Right. So they're just mm-hmm. sitting there doing the peaceful protest. Lights go out. Here goes the military. Well, we saw them earlier. We sat down and just waved our flags and left us alone. But this time it was different. They when they sat down, so down and waved their flags, they walked up and just started blasting them. So to I me, and I, I don't need oh. a backstory. There's no backstory for that. When you have people no. who don't have weapons, they don't have guns. They're not even doing any type of threat. They're not even talking to you crazy. Let's keep it real. I saw more disrespect in the Twin Cities towards the police than those kids Girl, that were protesting. yes. They were cussing at yes, the police, throwing shit at the police. We was there, okay? They was that's on the front real. lines calling them all types of names. And and, I, and I'll, I'll say they really held their couth. You know what I'm saying? Because, I, I you know, the disrespect is disrespect. And a lot of these police officers here in America... Easy. They really held their coos. And maybe they held their coups because the cameras were rolling. I don't know. But they yep. took a lot of abuse. But these people there, they weren't even doing that. They weren't throwing rocks at the police. They weren't cussing them out. They were literally there singing that song and waving their flag. And then when they pulled up, they sat down like they were told to earlier in the day. And they just got shot. Instantly, 20 I people were that. killed. And then what I they didn't... did, that that what people don't realize, because we can, you know, I only posted like, maybe a minute of the shooting and there's only so much you can post. I didn't want to be too graphic. You know, I did post some day. Right. But I mean the shit that I saw, I, I'm I'm having PTSD and nightmares from. But this shooting, for people who don't know, it lasted anywhere from an hour to an hour and a half. What? That's I how did long not know yes,
1: that.
0: this was upwards of an hour and a half is how long they shot at those people. On top That's of the massacre that's a massacre on top of that, they were able the civilians, the protesters there were seventy eight bodies that they found, but what people don't know now, the Nigerian government tried to lie and say, "Oh, only one person was shot the, you know this is all fake news, and that's why the people got really pissed off the next day because they tried to downplay it as if mm-hmm. these protesters were lying. But what I was also told is that while they were shooting at the protests they were running there were also guards picking up the bodies. So there are bodies not accounted for because they were trying to clean up their mess. So the 78 bodies that were left there, the one that I posted on Instagram with the man talking, you see all the dead bodies behind him, and he's going Mm -hmm. off, 78 souls, 78. That video, those were the ones that were just accounted for. There were bodies that were shot and picked up and towed away. Okay? On top of that... that, Let's also not forget the location of Lecky Toll Gate. Where the Lecky area yeah. is, there's a lot of water.
1: I was going to say there's water there. Right, there's
0: water. So when they started shooting, right, because this was like over a large spread, there was a young boy, he did an interview. He jumped into the water to get away, but he's a professional swimmer. But imagine somebody like me who can't swim, I'd have been done for. But on top of him swimming... Right. They were shooting at him. So imagine how many other people who ran into the water for safety also probably died in that water because they were shooting in the water as well. This shooting went on for an hour, upwards of an hour to an hour and a half. This was a massacre. There's no excuse for this. Yes. No excuse, no accident, no nothing. So when I tell you the youth are angry and the people are angry, that is why that was a blatant setup and there was a, a an yeah. older man and i wish i knew his name i just have the video one of my subscribers sent it to me i'm going to play it for you really quick in case you didn't see it but he said okay. some truth and he was basically explaining what the nigerian army is doing what what their tactic is because the military is filled with older men who a lot of them you mm. know they came from the um, Biafra war. So they have Mm -hmm. a lot of these, you know, tactical things that they can do that the youth are not ready for. Half these youth that are out there, they don't don't even have weapons. They don't have guns. So they're up against, I mean, a lot of just craziness, but what he's saying was so deep and so true. Let me see if I can find the video here.
3: The youths of today do not understand those they are dealing with. They are dealing with old warriors, old oligarchists who know how to fight. One of the things they are going to do is that they are going to use fear. Fear and intimidation. They might roll the army out very soon. And they will shoot a few youths dead to intimidate others to run into their shells. The next thing they will do is to start Arresting people, piecemeal by piecemeal. They will target somebody, arrest that person, target another person, arrest another person. And before you know it, fear will start creeping into the system. Then the next thing they do is assassination. Remember Kudirat. They will start eliminating people one after the other. Remember Kokori, Frank Kokori, and the rest that they are there that they arrested during the Nupen crisis, during June 12 crisis.
0: They- okay, so that was him. I don't know his name. I saw that.
1: You saw that, I right? Saw he was in the that. rain talking. And he broke that down mm-hmm. with precision. It made mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. much sense. And I saw that the other day and I said, oh my God, he is so right. Yeah. You know, all of us, these young folks, are so attached to the internet and they're so distant, removed from the small elements that keep things together. Planning food, growing, creating tactical moves and strat- strategy. And not to say that these kids are stupid, because they're not. And I call them kids because they're probably anywhere from 10 to 20 years my junior. Mm-hmm. So no disrespect. But these this youth are, these are some smart people. This, this is another level of kids, but tactical, mm-hmm. dealing with an a ignorant guerrilla war. Yep. but The, the other war was nothing to play with. No, nope. That, yeah, he said, I said, oh, man, they in trouble. And, uh, and some of the things that he said, they actually did. Yeah. Because that's exactly what they did. Mm-hmm. They gonna be They're more. doing this process. Yep. I, I, I don't think, I still don't, I, I don't know if this is going to end the way people think it's going to end, like, oh, it'll be suppressed and nothing will happen. These are mm-hmm. different times.
0: These are different and times. And like you said earlier, and they're willing to die. people
1: don't have nothing, what I to used to lose. say, mm-hmm. we ain't living anyway. Yep. When people ain't got nothing else to lose, they ain't got nothing else but to try to make a game. And that's exactly what's going to happen. I wish everybody peace. I'm going to do my part, as limited as it is. But... We are living in some really interesting times. Mm -hmm. And that's that's all I can even say. I don't even know. This is crazy. When I tell you this is a spiritual
0: warfare, even just as much as it is a physical warfare, because you have a lot of people, and especially when you're dealing with, you know, African spirituality and we have that good side and we have that dark side, it's going to be a spiritual battle. It's going to be people, you know, calling on the dark arts to, you know, to help them or to, you know, get the other side. Oh, it, it's going to be very interesting. It's going to be very interesting. But all I can do is just pray for 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 everybody there, um, and their safety. And and you know, I just want people to uplift the people there who are actually on the ground trying to make a change. Those are the people who need your energy, um, your prayers and your well wishes. You know, um, like the female DJ is talking about DJ Switch, you know, all this stuff yeah, that she's right. done and the way she's put her life on the line. And this is somebody who is known. Mm-hmm. She's a DJ. She could just be chilling and oh, like, again. I'ma just another play music. Woman. Right, you know, and she's another woman.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. And and another thing too is like To say that, I mean, I'm not saying that I don't know what to do because, again, putting, you know, educating myself on the topic, seeing if there's any way that I can be supportive to donate my time or energy to this just cause is right. But one of the things that you even mentioned on your page, which was kind of disturbing, was the fact that people wanted to sit back and call out all of these people to say, well, what are you doing? and i even think that Beyonce's mom Tina Knowles came out and said something like there are people who move and do things behind the scenes see mm-hmm. the thing about it is you know us folks online who maybe are disattached from the realities that are things that are going on expect this rem- immediate response cuz you're so you know used to clicking heart and like and having something to say with no recourse but mm-hmm. real power moves in silence, okay? Real power, if you want to affect any change, you have to come together. And if you don't have an established power base of money like somebody like Beyonce, for example, she can make things happen. She probably is, she's a philanthropist, her and her husband. They have organizations. They they can go and talk to somebody there and make some moves and make things happen quicker than 10,000 of us. So Mm -hmm. let's not necessarily sit here and criticize people for not actively coming out and have something to say, because usually silence is an indicator of something. And it's not always not doing something. It's that I am doing something. I'm just moving in silence. Right. You don't want everybody to move. Y'all out here telling y'all business all the time, putting your stuff on OnlyFans, keep your business out the street. Right. Sometimes that's how people move. Like you ain't got to tell everything, but the land of internet, that's what people do. And they so thinking that's a socially appropriate thing to do. And it really isn't right. So let's stop, let's stop attacking people because we were canceling them because we don't think that they share our belief system. We're not going to agree on everything. Talk it out. Try to figure out where you do agree and the things you disagree work on later. And don't presume that people are not doing anything just because they're being quiet. These are some things that that are really disturbing to see online, and it's tiring and it's taxing. That's why sometimes I have to take a break because it's too much.
0: Yeah, social media can
1: definitely be a very toxic place
0: at times. So we've been on now for an hour and 10 minutes. This has been just a wonderful conversation. I definitely love it. So I do want to leave on a lighter note, because I know we talked about a lot of heavy stuff um, in this podcast. Mm -hmm. So how do you feel, um, you know, back to the celebrity topic? We've been seeing Ice Mm -hmm. Cube, you know, Mr. O'Shea Jackson out there a lot lately, um, being in the political forefront. And then recently, 50 Cent, you know, Curtis Jackson. Once again, that damn 20 energy. Um, He came Mm -hmm. out and said flat out he was voting for Trump because of the tax breaks. And so that caused a lot of controversy. And, of course, Trump is now using him, um, you know, to push his political, to push his politics. And then we have Diddy starting the new black, um, what is it, political party? I think that's what he calls it. So how do you feel about that? How
1: do you feel? Let's we can start with good old. And I just, please, let's start with Diddy. I'm going (laughs) to make this quick. First of all, and I have been saying this for a long time. I think of, I look at the character of people. So Puffy has been wanting to be the president of Blackistan for so long. Mm. And I don't understand why you, Puff, Ice Cube, 50, and Kanye wait to the last minute to come out and say something. The, but, but that's what people do. That's number one. Number two, Puff Daddy, I don't think that it's, Necessarily appropriate. Why is it that we always have to call stuff black, 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 black? Yes, we should have our own community and our own political dialogue, but we can be exclusive and inclusive at the same time. I didn't like the name, I didn't like how he came out. You just told people you holding back the votes a few weeks ago, now you coming out. You sounded like your money is getting slow, sir. Mm. IQ. I saw that little clip that you did with the Roland Martin thing. You mean to tell me you're going to let this man call it the platinum plan because that's what black people like to hear. Platinum means real good. Like it's a rush card and you don't even have an acknowledgement of what the policies are going to do for people on the ground. At least that's what it was projected on the Roland Martin show. There are a lot of things that Cuba's been saying this summer that I was feeling. That was a pass. Kanye. Kanye, sir, um, I'm going to need you to sit down. Stop it. You now all of a sudden are a mega church pastor. You know, because the mega church pastors make a lot lot of money. Mm. They make a lot of money. You know what I'm saying? So did you get into it for the word or do you get into it to make the money and to promote yourself? I need you to make it make sense to me. And 50 Cent, he don't even like his kids. He disrespects his <laughs> children and the children's mother. So the fact that he said what he said doesn't surprise me because I think he went bankrupt. You only worth maybe, you know, 20, 30, 50 million. You got more money than me, but your money ain't as long as it used to be because you're not out here like you blah, blah, blah. You know, and that comment that you made on Weezy's show about black women, all of y'all have had some, I'm not going to say cues, but all of y'all have had issues with women of color. All of y'all have disrespected us in some the community in some type of way. And now all of y'all want to have some political commentary and try to come together with mega churches and start um, political parties. Go sit down. Uh, go, Please, go sit down. I don't want to hear it. nothing y'all got to say. Y'all have the right as Americans to speak, but y'all are not the right messengers. Mm. Please, y'all, y'all money is short, and y'all now want to get into politics and religion because you know that's where the real money at. Because ain't nobody buying Charac, ain't nobody buying the Yeezys, ain't no buying, nobody buying the CDs and stuff.
0: Please, yeah, um, that 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 COVID I'm, has exposed a lot. Now, for Ice Cube, yeah. yeah, that Roland Martin interview was a mess. Now, I did watch his CNN interview. I thought he did a little bit better on that. Now, he's been going on a whole hobo tour. Now, I seen he was on Fox Soul with Vivica Fox. I haven't watched that one, but I did. It popped up on my recommended. Um, so he's okay. been on this whole little tour, um, to speak. And, you know, Ice Cube is making it clear that he's not for Trump or Biden but that he's trying to get them to do something for like, you know, the black community and ADOs and stuff like that. So that's more or less Mm. ice cubes angle, you know, and I can respect that Mm -hmm. because, you know, either way, whoever the president is, they need to have some type of agenda that does benefit black people. They have agendas that benefit Latinos, Asians, and everybody else. So why, why can't there be a black agenda? You know what I'm saying? But Mm -hmm. like I said, I agree with that part, with Ice Cube trying to do that and meeting with Trump. You got to meet with, you know, with people to get your voice heard. If that's, that's who's true. in power, that's who's in power. But again, my issue is the timing. All of this should have yeah. been done years yeah. ago. This man has been in the White Kanye. House for four years. Like, literally, yeah, the election... Kanye beat
1: off for the pun. Right. Kanye beat off yeah. for the pun. Kanye he's was up the there back in 2016. So, I, I mean, let's give credit where credit is due on that. I'm mm-hmm. just going gonna, gonna to give him that. I'm yeah, I remember when everybody, everybody was knocking right. Kanye Fine.
0: for that. Oh, you're a coon, and mm-hmm. how dare you go meet with him? And it's like, are y'all silly? Regardless, you know, that's why I always hate when people like, that's not my president. You don't have to claim him, but he's still your president. You know, that's what I have to remind yes, people. He Whatever he decides affects all of us. So he is your president. Sticking your head in the sand does not negate reality. I don't, I don't play, you know, I, I don't play in imagination. I, I look at reality that is the president. So right. it made a lot of sense for Kanye to go up there and drag his wife up there. And they were able to get a lot of prisoners free. And, you know, they've definitely put in. They, work. Got
1: results,
0: they did. They got so I will results. give. I'll give him props in that instance as well. But him being a mega, a mega pastor, chabu <laughs> again, boo like you said, um, politics and religion, you know, that's, and you know, what's so funny that that rings true in Nigeria. That's one of the jokes back home is that yeah, in order right. to get money, if you don't want to be poor, you get into politics or religion. Because anybody can literally start up a church, say that your pastor such and such, and people will give you money in hopes of, you know, you praying for them, praying for their success. So like, that's always been like the joke in Nigeria. Like in order for you to get money, a politician to be a pastor and it seems like it kind of rings true here too because that was one of the things that i found yeah i I found very funny that diddy was starting a political party and now he's so involved in politics and i thought okay well maybe he's getting older he you know it's a new leaf but then when i thought about it nah politicians make good money and make deals under the table and mm -hmm. they have access to billionaires around the world so if I can start a political party and meet with, you know, shit, whoever, you know, president of whatever country, Russia or whoever, that's more money for Diddy and whatever he's trying to do.
1: So there's, there's and definitely you know what, a financial Christine? benefit. Hey, you know, this is, and I was thinking about the quote that you, or the video clip that you played from Malcolm X. Mm-hmm. And it makes me want to go back this week. And I was saying to you, kind of look at some of our old leaders and go back and kind of listen to things because. Like you said, some of those things still ring true today. And what Malcolm said about entertainers, because, you know, in past history and even today, you know, mm-hmm. blacks were only allowed into the room if they were entertaining and chucking and jiving and things like that. They, they didn't allow them to be the educators, the, the inventors and the leaders of industry that we are today, even in limited numbers. But as an entertainer, you can get into the room. And see, I think that's probably what Puffy's issue is. Puffy got all that money, but there's still a ceiling. There's only so far he can go.
0: Mm. You
1: know, it's cute to go to these red carpet events and have these cute little um, and racially ambiguous chicks on his arm. It fits the narrative, but they're not letting him into the back room. That's where he wants to go. See, He wants that back room access. And ain't none of them getting that backroom access. Y'all got all the money? Y'all, you know, there are levels to this. I mean, I ain't got that type of money, but I can see it. And he can't get in that back room. So you know who gets you in that back room? Preachers with mass um, attendance, Um, like the Joel Osteens and that other guy with the the crazy looking eyes whose name escapes me right now. And um, the politicians who can not only lobby but talk to other people to get things moving. And the reason that they're moving in this direction, they are getting older, but they money getting thin. They, and power. It's power. It's, it's, it's power. They just can't get in that back room and they want access. Well, remember, he was the same NFL.
0: one that was talking about owning the the North Carolina Panthers. And I broke it down and people said I was hating. I said, "There's no, he's not going to be able to own an a NFL team. That's just not how it works. Again, it's right. like people just like to get... Black folks gassed up and hyped up. Oh, Diddy has yeah. enough money. He's going to buy the Panthers, and then he'll be able to put Kaepernick on the team. And it's like, if you really understand, and I understand everybody's not into sports, so you may not know how it works, but this is the good old boys club. doesn't matter how much Diddy, m- money Diddy has. They're not going to allow him in to basically buy a team because, okay, so all the money that he has, and if even if he's able to buy a team on his own, how does he expect to pay the, the the upkeep of the stadium, the lights, pay the employees, trash removal, the cooks? You know, mm-hmm. it, it's just like people don't look at the big picture. They just get hyped. And then what happened? The Carolina Panthers was bought by a real, a real billionaire who could afford it. And Diddy ain't said shit about it since. So it's like I hate how they just play with people's emotions. That's why for me, I'm always going to be skeptical about stuff because I've seen this song and dance before. So I'm not impressed by it you know, I'll give him a chance and see what he does. But I definitely believe that there's a financial motive behind it more than there is a political motive.
1: Oh, for sure. What about, think about, you make a good point. What about um, J-Lo and Alexander uh, Rodriguez, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. A-Rod? How they tried to buy, was it a baseball team? I think it was. And she complained a few weeks ago, a few months ago, Cause they couldn't get in and buy the team, cause mm-hmm. y'all ain't a part of the club, right? And y'all got all of that money, and you still couldn't do it. And that's what I'm saying. Entertainment, baseball player, J Lo, shake, shake a boom boom, want to be actress, you know. But y'all got that money and access to a certain degree, but y'all can't get in that back door. And that back door is for the good old boys, and they mm-hmm. wise when they let them in. And right. y'all want that access, but they still looking at y'all the way y'all is. Negritos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they still looking at y'all the same way. So there is unity in numbers. Stand right. together and have a purpose. And we all have different ideologies. Separate into groups and have us and build strong leadership. You know, we are African by descent. We're tribal people. We are not all one monolith break up into tribal and and come together where you come together and have your differences but be conciliatory instead of all of us lumping all of us in we black we belong in one bottle no no it'll never work that way that's why we ain't together now right. it doesn't work that way you can't have one black party and think everybody's gonna jump in especially if puff daddy is doing it no please no sit down <laughs> Well this has definitely been a really good show and I appreciate
0: you for stopping through and you know talking to the audience. I think this has been a good conversation. You know, kind of reiterate everything we've talked about is that so many people have paved the way for us to enjoy the liberties that we have today. You know, and and just mm-hmm. the certain freedoms and things like that. And um you know we need to just try to support each other because again Black people are being affected all over the diaspora, from the Caribbeans to Africa and here in America, even in Canada. Um, A Somali subscriber had sent a super chat and she was talking about, um, you know, somebody being killed in Canada in the Somali community. So, you know, there's things affecting black people all over the world, you know, and we have to support each other and and any atrocity. You know, I don't care if this went down in, in Yugoslavia it's not okay to just massacre people, you know, like we, we have to get that human, that humanity chip back. And I think that's, what's been missing a lot, you know, in, in recent times.
1: So, so right. I don't disagree with that at all. Nothing.
0: Well, thank you so much. So, um, tea sippers, thanks for joining us today. Any last words, Janae?
1: Um, we have said a lot. I thank you for letting me speak with you on this subject and, Hope everybody enjoys, but these are different times, y'all, and we we gotta come together. It don't even matter what race we are. If you oppress, stick with the oppressed. Mm. For real, that's the truth. That's the truth. So on
0: that note, we are out. You guys have a good evening, and once again, thank you for tuning in to Tea Time Unfiltered with your girl, Lovely Tea.